All right, we uh we ready to do this thing, or uh, you guys still need more time? I've been ready for a week. I literally nice. am. I'm I'm pulling a stain. I'm gonna do what you know. You're gonna do what comes is, to you. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm just gonna you know just to be fair and square with you all, this this could go very very wrong. You're going <laughs> off the cuff. That is a little Never, scary. I, Dare it, I say it? it I'll fix it in post. Yeah, you might, you might have to bleep it in post or something. Now I don't know. You may have to. I'll get one of those robotic voices and throw it in there. That would be, that would be awesome. What he wanted to say was Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> but you what came out? <laughs> you have to hear. The other night, uh, we put the kids to bed, and it's not going there. But um, we were sitting in the living room. Both ready, exhausted from the day. We were ready to go to bed. And one of us started talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we found this 10 to 12 minute long video of the top 10 Stone Cold Steve Austin moments. And we watched all of it. And then it got us thinking about The Rock. And we watched 25 minutes of the best rock from WWE and WCW, WWF, whatever it was he was a part of. I like let's face it. all day long. But Let, the, let's face it, twenty-five minutes isn't enough. By the end, <laughs> yeah. By the end, we had been up for an hour watching old wrestling videos with Stone you Cold. Went the the you, you went, went down, down that rabbit YouTube hole. Rabbit hole. Yep. Yes, we did. <laughs> That'll get you every time. Leia, by the way, just got a rolling newsy, so she can't announce it yet. Oh, oh nice. Oh, but uh, well, nice. fortunately, I'm not going to edit this. Oh well. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, by the time this is, but listen, well, by the time this is out, by the time it, it this is out, yeah, I mean, He's also it, putting it, this out tomorrow. <laughs> I, well, I'm, I doubt it, but you know, still, my message for Michael Circle from Gabe Adams is: Tell Circle he needs to hurry up. I listen to these when I travel home and back, and I'm about to travel home because it's the end of the semester, so he's got to get this out. So I've delivered my message. I just want to point out that your storytelling voice just came out in that story and it was fun it was wonderful well thank you incredible storytelling well, moment flattery will get you somewhere good because i need something i i, I mean, have storytelling story and i have a great idea but i still need extra points i know <laughs> i'm pretty sure that Stan i and think I it's your time to shine buddy it usually Stan and is. i already Stan and i already know that you're going to win this circle you already told us that's true no i didn't say i was going to win i said you did y'all should call he's it already so. he's already backpedaling you thought you you thought it should be like calling sick. It's not backpedaling. It's called talking in circles. Oh, uh, I see what you did there. That's good. I like that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is my profound privilege, nay, my prodigious pleasure, to present to you that paragon of podcast perfection, the one, the only, once upon a recast. An MSVS production. I'm Chris Roberts. You may remember me from winning our last episode, thereby making me the reigning undisputed champion. And also, of course, from being your favorite host of this podcast. And with me, as always, are my co-hosts and this episode's contenders. First, we have the heart and soul of this podcast. Without him, there would be no Once Upon a Recast, nor would any of his progeny exist. He's the man who most definitely won't fix that in post. He is Michael, like a square with no corners. Circle. That's the best introduction I've had so far. 
Thank you, my friend. And thank you. That touches me. <laughs> Next, we have the man who believes that homemade gravy is practically its own food group. My brother, Shane Roberts. No relation. Finally, you're going to rue the day you came up against the extreme baby. We're talking imminent ruage. I'm, of course, talking about Jeremy, the extreme. Young. Rue the day. Rue the like day. That. Ah, who indeed. Uh, now the day is rude. How rude. If you're new here. Here we like to rewrite movies. We like to rewrite them, hopefully, to hilarious ends. We have specific items, people, ideas that are integral parts of the story. And myself, being the all-powerful, yet benevolent judge that I am, I will harshly judge the others on their stories to find a winner based on whatever criteria I happen to like at the moment. They will then go on to host the next episode and decide on our movie and topic to rewrite. Gentlemen, what do you call four famished frogs fighting for five frightened flies? That would be a tongue twister, fellas. A uh, tongue twister. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, the, the world champion tongue twister got arrested. I hear they're going to give him a tough sentence. <laughs> that like a... Is that yeah, left over? Yeah. Is that left over from your uh, your punny story? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> you're recycling hey, jokes on us, aren't you? Save it for top pun. You know what I like about a good tongue twister? It's hard to say. <laughs> okay, all right, no <laughs> more, <laughs> fellas. Tonight's movie is that 1996 classic, Twister. Starring Helen Hunt and the late Bill Pullman. Um, this this movie really, it actually had a lot of star power. Um, as it also included Gary Ellis. Love Gary Ellis. Um, late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Really before he started to really take off. Um, you had Alan Ruck. Which anyone saying who's Alan Ruck, it's, it's Cameron. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, of course. Um, Jeremy Davies was, was in this as well. Um, any Lost fans out there, he was Faraday. I was also in Saving Private Ryan. Uh, many more folks in this movie. Um, this big hit in 96, and just kind of a fun movie uh, all around, just to watch. Um, hey, hey, guys, got, got one more for you. Where do you go if a twister's about to touch down in Texas? Where do you go if a twister's about to sh touch down in Texas? You go to the Dallas Cowboys Stadium because a touchdown never happens there. Oh! <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That would be so much. That would, that would really have worked last year. I know. I'll give it time. It'll work again. <laughs> that's true. You can only count on that. Yeah, that's right. Well, hopefully, you gentlemen are ready to score some points tonight and blow us all away with your stories. Our twist to this movie is this this movie is not about a tornado, water spout, or dust devil in which the rotary ascending movement of a column of air is especially apparent. Rather, it's about the least popular game in the Midwest, that classic game with the large plastic mat with the various colors called Twister. Now, how does this work into a natural disaster movie? That, my friends, is where you come in. And I can't wait to hear your stories. But first, we need to come up with an order for this evening. And so to do that, this is the question I, I shall ask you all. If you were in hiding from an imminent natural disaster, what would be the one game you would have to have with you and why? Well, I'm going to go with Solitaire. 
Okay. Nice. Because, be my answer. That's, uh, oh, that's I mean, you literally, with, with a deck of cards, you can play a, a number of different solitaire type of games all by your lonesome. Nice. Solitaire from Jeremy. We think, Michael. I'm going to go with this podcast because I can't win it when you guys are playing. So I'll play it by myself and be the winner all the time. <laughs> nice. I nice. See what you did there. That was, uh, that nice. was, that was very clever. That was, that was quite clever. All right, uh, Shane, what are you, what well, are you going with? As I said, my immediate thought was solitaire, but someone else said solitaire. So, you know, apparently I can't do that. <laughs> well, apparently so, not. Warped minds think alike. I'm going to go with Yogar. <laughs> Yogar. <laughs> what? I vaguely, I vaguely recall a game called this, but I don't even remember anything about it. So, what again is Yogar? <laughs> um, that is the ever popular game where you use little uh, parrots and you have to put them on different parts of your body. See. And uh the more parrots I'm not sure, you can I'm not sure on, we like where this is going. The more parrots you can get on whatever the card says, you uh, you get more coins and you get so many coins to win. I so, do so recall it. It's similar to Twister. And yes. you know it's like, you know, right hand or you know, left foot or whatever. Then you nice. have to you have to Yeah. Yeah, so well, yeah. I went with that. I like that. I don't know that that was pretty good. That was pretty good. But I I think our winner for this evening, um, just because it was a clever answer, is Michael Circle. I think Michael Circle wow. is our. Those are words we don't usually hear. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Wait, wait! No, shots fired! That, shots fired! That's true, though. Not it once was... have I won a toss up. This is the first toss up I have ever won. It was laid out there. <laughs> is that is that true? <laughs> That is absolutely is true. true. Is I have first. never won a toss-up. And I got to hmm. tell you, I don't want to say that, that this game is oftentimes won and lost in the toss-up, but that, that actually is true. <laughs> yes. So so Circle Circle has won his first toss-up, which means he gets to set the order. So Circle, what's your order for this evening? Well, uh, Jeremy says that he wants to Shane Roberts this one. Uh, so I don't uh-huh, want him to have uh-huh. any time to prepare. I want him to just throw it out there, just whip it out there, you know, just whip it out. That is wow. dangerous right there. I want him to whip wow. it out. Excuse me while I whip this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> Please, there are ladies present. <laughs> so I'm going to let Jeremy go first, and uh, uh-huh. I, I'm going to choose to go third for the first time ever and let Shane go second. That is a smart man. Um, I, I think that uh, that would... That... That is good. So our order is uh, Jeremy first, Shane second, and Michael Circle coming sure. in last. Michael this Circle. Could third, this could be the third straight episode where I go first, I'm pretty certain. Wow. Yeah, three in a row. Number one in the pole <laughs> position. He's number one. He's number one. Well, to our audience, I want you to enjoy the recast. May the best story win. Jeremy Young, take it away. All right. So, um, Twister, this is going to be a, um, a Game Master production. I'm probably going to throw names out there as I go through instead of giving everything to begin with and probably have to make some corrections at the end as well. I don't know. I, I see this, uh, this is the, 
as people are going to enter into the theater to watch this, there's going to be certain, it's going to be an interactive film, okay? It's going to be billed as just a real awesome, hilarious film. All right, I'm sorry for the pause. I literally had somebody decide that with no muffler go right by the window. It was really loud. I wonder um, what that so, noise was. It sounded like a demon talking. <laughs> may have been, but uh, I don't. I, I really don't know why people do that at you know 10:30 at night. But anyway, so the uh, uh, but this is going to be. I, think, I can see it's going to be interactive. So the folks in the seats are going to be involved in, but they, they're brought in because this this movie is being billed as this. Uh, amazing funny film and and it's going to be you know about obviously twister but there's going to be a bit of a twist to it but it's going to be a game master production we'll look at that more here in a bit um hopefully uh it's going to start out with the premise as people are sitting and watching you're going to see the game of of twister on the screen it's going to go fade to from fade to black to the to the game of twister um, and it's, it's, it's going to be in grayscale, which I know what you're thinking, grayscale. Why would you do it in grayscale? Well, I have my reasoning, um, but, you know, partly because I'm colorblind and I feel like, you know, if I can't see the colors, nobody else should either. The, uh, this, I mean, the whole sure. Twister game is just rude to people who can't see color. And then we're going to see an actor, I guess, uh, a director, maybe, but at this moment in time, he's one of our stars. We're going to see Woody Allen walk up to the Twister mat. And he's going to look around. He's going to be like a, a movie. It's going to be about the game of Twister. And he's going to look to the audience in a way in which only Woody Allen can, breaking the fourth wall. And he's going to say, who would do a movie about a game? Who would do something like that? Why, why are you? Why, why would you want to? Who would want to see this? Who would want to come to the theater and watch a movie about Twister? He says, but I know how you all are going to enjoy this. And so Woody Allen, being Woody Allen, he quickly calls for, he, he calls for the, the participants of the game to come out. And sure enough, four entirely two young... ...come out in their swimsuits, ready to uh, play the game of Quinster. It's Woody Allen, of course. Well, hey, you know, it's the game of Twister. It's Woody Allen. What do you expect? And, of course, Woody says, who wouldn't want to see this? And about that time, somebody goes, all right, uh, we can't have this. We can't have this. Uh, this is entirely uncalled for. And who walks onto the screen but John Cleese. That's right, John Cleese. And he walks onto the screen doing a very silly walk. But then he says, uh, you cannot have... On the screen, playing Twister. Why would you do that? If you're going to do it, that's not edgy. That's, that's not comedy. If you want to do some of this edgy comedy, you go with this. And he calls out three. And a priest. Because that's what John Cleese said. That's, that's what we're going to do. This is the movie. Woody is, Allen's like, I, I didn't even think Is this the part that. where I edit it in post? <laughs> You may have to. I don't know. But John Cleese is like, this is, this is, you know, this is what we're going to do. Of course, as he's saying that, sure enough, another man walks out, much smaller than the other two, 
which is difficult to say because Woody Allen's not that big. And it's, of course, Mel Brooks. And Mel Brooks is like, you guys have completely messed this up. If people are going to watch a movie about the game of Twister, they don't want to see a priest. They don't want to. Why would you offend them in that way? It's not even all that funny. It's not, it's not really going to be interesting. And it's no fun for you all. Not really. I mean, I know where Woody was going, but here's what we need. And he brings out three very well-curved, mature women. And he says, and now they're going to play the game of Twister with me, which is very Mel Brooks-like. And just as he says this, and they're all beginning to argue about what is real comedy, everything goes to black. And in the spotlight, it's our three directors, actors, uh, people. And this disembodied voice says, and it's the game master, he says, there has been a change to the rules. And now you are the participant. And out of nowhere, Leslie Nielsen steps up and says, Good luck. We're all counting on you. And, of course, he stepped away. And uh, when the lights come up, they find that not only are they now having to participate in this game of Twister, which has now gone to collar. I don't know why. I guess it's just, you know, to be helpful. But they find that there is one extra who's going to join them as they have to play in this game of Twister. And the extra is documentarian and activist Michael Moore. After having eaten several turkeys, and therefore he's dealing with the meat sweats. Um, And so, so they begin to play this game, all four of them, you know. Playing this long, boring, painful game that never, ever seemingly will end. And after four hours of playing, they finally begin to beg for the game to be over. when, When will it be over? And the disembodied voice says to them, not until Bill Paxson says, game over, man. (laughs) So four more hours of gameplay continues, during which somewhere near the uh, this all happening on screen, somewhere near the game taking place, um, there is a man. His name is Sean Bean, or maybe Sean Bond, or Sean Bean, however you want to call him. And he's watching, horrified. And he pulls out a gun, aims it at his head. Sean Bean didn't die that day. <laughs> Back to the game. Then they, uh, they ask if they are, they begin to cry, you know, uh, you know, since they know now that it's not until they hear Bill Paxton say game over, uh, they, they begin to think maybe, maybe this is our punishment. Are we in purgatory? And to which the, you know, the disembodied voice is like, that doesn't exist. And of course, uh, they're like, well, are, are we in hell then? And suddenly the disembodied voice begins to take form off from the side. And in the darkness, you can just see the outline of a man. And the person says, no. No, you're not in hell. This isn't hell. This is Iowa. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. It is Kevin Costner. And at this point, the credits come up. The opening credits, mind you. Twister 
in Iowa. The film then begins its opening credits before returning back to the seemingly endless nightmare-fueled game of absolute boredom that is Twister in Iowa. Now, for the participants who are watching this, they're thinking to themselves, this, this can't really be happening. Surely you can't be serious. To which, of course, Leslie Nielsen steps back out and says, oh, I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. But then, as the people in the theater, thinking that they were coming to watch a fun, enjoyable, you know, film that, that, that was going to make them laugh. Now, in this, in this moment, they, are, they learn that the only way which they can leave is to push a button on their seat, on the handle of their, of their seat. And uh, when they push the button, basically it's their way of, of begging to be let go. And if they hear Bill Paxson say, game over, man, then they'll be granted the ability to leave. But if he says, game not over, well, then they can't leave. And that's right. If you uh, hear game not over, not only can you not leave, but now you must be strapped into your seat, a clockwork orange style, uh, and you cannot stop watching your, your eyes taped open, and you, you won't be allowed to push the button again for another eight hours. And 90% of the time, the game, of course, is not going to be over. Only 10% will get to leave. And after four failed attempts, you can choose between another fate, either two more weeks of watching the same groundbreaking film, or three hours strapped to a chair, covered in honey, surrounded by batants. That's right, batants, because we are batants to the very concept of this film. And that, my friends, that is the masterpiece of Twister in Iowa. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my! Maybe my strangest one yet, huh? That's what that happens with plan ahead. That might be the strangest one yet. Yeah, my that's what happens when you don't plan ahead. I think I, I think I portrayed fairly the pain that people would feel yeah. in this art house film. <laughs> I think it's so. It's an art house yeah. film. I think you, you know, I win a lot of Academy Awards for this. Oh no doubt. House. That's how that no works. Doubt. I mean, if Requiem for a Dream can be nominated for a Best Picture, I'm sure this could have been. But you, 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 you know, you stuck Leslie Nielsen in there doing two of his finest lines, and and to add to the torture, but probably also the fact that this would definitely be up for an Academy Award. You stuck Michael Moore in there <laughs> with the and, Kevin, and Kevin Costner in a movie that's way too long. Yeah, exactly. With with a reference to his, you know, not heaven. You're in Iowa. We're so. but ants. We're but ants. But ants. I was waiting for for potty humor to come from that butt ants, <laughs> but that that's what Shane would have done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it's art house, you know. Uh, it's, it is art house, exactly. So we've got Jeremy Young with what might be the oddest, craziest art house movie I've ever heard. But he's right; it probably definitely win. It probably sweep the Academy Awards. I have no doubt. So we're gonna start Jeremy off here. I'm gonna say that's a that's a good 500 point story, yeah. That's, I said I said it's like 499 points of charity and one point of hard earned sweat there. Yeah, thank you. Meat sweat maybe. 
<laughs> Meat fight. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, that was uh, that 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 was perhaps the the most interesting story I've I've heard yet. That's one way to put it. We we shall see if the one and only Shane Roberts can one up this art house story. Yeah, I'm not going to guarantee it, but <laughs> I'm uh, I've got something. It's it good is, to have something. It is something. So. I'll go through the uh, the cast kind of as the characters enter here. Okay, okay. I have entitled the movie, Let's Do the Twist. Nice, nice. See what I did there. See what you did there. All right, so first off, we have some changing in in the main character's name. So our main main character here is going to be Milton. Okay. The movie is going to open with, uh, with Milton. Entering a shady underground location. A guard stops him, pats him down before letting him in. A nefarious gang leader type. <laughs> Going to be played by Don Cheadle. Walks okay. up to him. Says, I didn't expect to see you here. He says, you know why I'm here, Kubrick. Is it true? He says, come see for yourself. The two men walk down to the main floor where Milton, Milton sees another pair of men that he, he recognizes. He says, what are they doing there? He says, oh, Bobby and Ben, same as you, I imagine. As long as their money's good, I don't care. Kubrick walks out in front of everyone. He says, is everybody ready? The crowd roars. He says, then let's get ready to twist. The crowd continues to roar as several people begin miming in front of each other. Milton seems to get irritated. He says, what are you trying to pull here, Kubrick? He says, what do you mean? I'm giving the people what they want. He says, that's no twister. That's charades. I should have known better than to get in, get in with the likes of you. Kubrick looks upset. He says, oh no, you shouldn't have said that. He snaps his fingers. Four guards appear. He says, boys... Connect four on this fool. As the uh, the guards converge, Milton's able to to duck under, and they all run into each other because that's a thing that happens sometimes in movies. It seems perfectly logical. He rolls forward. He takes down Kubrick by the legs. He says, "Do you know where it is or not?" He says, "Doesn't matter. You never beat them to it." He says, looking to where Bob and Ben are leaving. He says, "What have you done? You don't understand the importance of this." He, uh, he drops Kubrick, he escapes, you know, guards pursue him, all that kind of whatnot. He enters the street, he sees the brothers getting into a car, driving away. He's lost them for the night. He knows there's only one thing he can do. He pulls out his phone. He says, Joe, we need to talk. The next morning, he, uh, he meets his estranged wife, Joe, at a cafe. He says, you know, this is a last resort if I'm talking to you. And she says, did you bring the divorce papers? I presume that's what this is about, because, you know, why, what else would it be about? He says, yeah, but that doesn't really seem like it's going to be that important of a plot point at this point. We really need to get this thing moving. So I need to know where to find the twist. And she says, why would you think that I know anything about that? He says, because maybe because we're married for years and we discussed it daily. Because one of the last things you said to me was, 
I think I know where it is. And because I'm not sure how else I'm supposed to find it at this point. She says, I have a hunch, but it may be nothing. Southeastern Mexico. He says, all right, thanks. I'm on my way. And she says, oh, I'm coming with you if you're going. He's like, fine. This seems like a point where if we argue, you're just going to come anyway. So I guess you're going to come. So the two make the trip to uh, to Mexico. Quickly, they uh, they get off a plane. They, of course, hire some guy because you always hire a guy when you go to Mexico. They're going to have a driver by the name of uh, Robert the Rabbit Nurek because that's the name of someone in the movie. He, yep. uh, as they're, uh, as they're kind of driving on their trek here, he looks at him. He's like, so, uh, gamers, are you? I get a lot of, got to get a lot of gamers through these parts. Always wanting to, to come out here, look at the origins of the different games. Joe says they're more than that. They aren't just games. They're an insight into the human condition. Exactly. Milton says we can learn more about a person in five minutes in a game been in 10 years of living together he's like yeah i'm pretty sure that's that's probably not true no like listen you might think someone's honest until you play a game with them next thing you know they're cheating left right and sideways if you want to know about a person you play a board game i know what i'm talking about i'm a boardian gametologist so uh, you know they they arrive at the base of in a, a temple just in time to see Bob and Ben with several nameless guys because once again here in Mexico you always hire a bunch of nameless guys uh, they seem to be preparing to head toward the structure Milton says of course the Mayans why couldn't I have seen it Joe says we have to stop them the Mayans wouldn't have left this unguarded we're talking about an F5 game here it's like you don't have to tell me I'm aware of the five levels of fun that are on the on the line here. Joe begins to run towards the people, yelling, stop. But as she does, one of the nameless men, yeah, that's what I'm going to continue to refer to them as, suddenly falls into the ground. And they say, we've got shoots. Milton looks at her and says, where there's shoots, there's ladders. We have to go. They're... Uh, begin to make their way toward the ancient structure, dodging the shoot holes that are dropping all around them, seeing nameless man after nameless man falling into the chute, but also seeing that Bob and Ben are making their way, carefully evading the various chutes that are opening up. Finally, our, uh, our pair make it to a ladder, which they grab, and they quickly begin their ascent, reaching the top Lo and behold, at the same time as Bob and Ben, because once again, that's how movies work. Milton says, you have to stop. You don't know what you're getting yourselves into. They say, the boss will have our butts if we don't get this game. Joe says, it's not worth it, guys. You don't have the doctorate for this. You're not going to be able to handle it. But as they continue to argue, Ben spins an ancient large dow. A large board begins to rise before them. Milton sighs. There's no going back now. Only one team leaves with this game. Now begins the most epic game of Twister ever played. The collars and the limbs begin being called out. The four people begin to 
mango and merge into one conglomeration upon the board, their bodies all, all mangled around each other. Of course, eventually putting Joe and Milton face to face in some kind of super awkward position because, you know, that's once again how these things work. He looks at her and says, Sorry, I got you into this, Joe. Guys, we have to call it quits. It's not worth it. Never, says Ben. We've got this. This isn't some game like Candyland. There's no chance. There's no luck in this game. This game's all skill. And we've got it. The dial spins again and goes to an impossible right-hand blue for Ben. Milton begs, you have to just give up. You can't do it. It's not possible. He says, I can. And he attempts to twist his hand to the blue. But it is in fact impossible. And he actually twists his own body in two and drops lifelessly <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> No! shouts Bob, taking his hand off the board without stating that he'd given up. And so the ancient Mayans suddenly open up a hole underneath him, and he drops down a chute to his death. The game is over. We won, Milton says. Quickly, we have to gather up the game board. Joe looks around and says, Oh, the poor Parker brothers. <laughs> Poor Parker Brothers indeed, says the mother man as he enters the room, holding a gun towards them. They're all like, why do you have an actual weapon? Nobody's had an actual weapon this whole time. He's like, because I'm Jimmy Hasbro. <laughs> Those were my boys. I don't mess around like they do. Now you roll up the game and you give it to me. Milton rolls up the game looks over and says E7. From seemingly out of nowhere, a missile drops in and blows up Jimmy Hasbro. And he, Milton looks over at Joe and says, I just sunk his battleship. <laughs> he looks over at her and says, I think it's time that you and I just decided to stay married. Let's drive it off into the sunset. And so they do. The end. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. That that was such a Shane story. <laughs> it it had it had all the, the wonderful hallmarks of a Shane story. So first of all, the the title. Fantastic. Let's do the twist. Uh the the fact that the Kubrick, I believe the only one you actually gave an, an actor but that actor was Don Cheadle. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, I actually meant to give an actor to, to Hasbro too. Then I just forgot about it. I like I like the way you've done this. All of the uh, all of the game humor. Uh, the the fact that uh, that he's a he's a, a Milton's a Bordian gameatologist. Very nice. And of course mm -hmm. the Mayans are, are involved. An F five game. The five levels of fun. Very nice. Where there shoots, there's ladders. Uh, the find that I I, I I saw where you were going with Bob and Ben, but the payoff was was no less fun. You find out that they're the Parker brothers. Jimmy Hasbro coming in and then taken down by battle, by battleship. Uh, just a fine story all the way along, around. I would I would watch that. That's a story I would enjoy seeing. But it wouldn't win any Academy Award. 
<laughs> you're probably right there. You're you're probably right. It would not win in the Academy Award. No, but you know that what? is a it's Nickelodeon. A that's a Nickelodeon you know Kids what? Choice Award right there. You know there. what else? You know what else? I literally just remembered. What's I, that? I said, I'll tell you who the actors are as we go along. <laughs> I didn't give you any actors other than Don Cheadle. You gave me Don Cheadle, man. Don Cheadle. You gave me Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle had a big <laughs> role in the beginning. When, and when you were talking, and then I forgot to. So just so you're aware, uh huh. The Parker brothers were Ben and Casey Affleck. Nice, nice, nice. And Milton Bradley was Matt Damon. Of course he was. And Joe was played by Natalie Portman. But, better know. late than never. Better late than never. Obviously, when you kept talking about the Dow, all I could think of with the mixture of Mayans and the Dow was, you know, uh, Indiana Jones Five. I'd say I'm pretty sure I just gave you a preview. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, now I don't have to go see it. I think I just saw it. That's yep. good stuff. It's actually, it's probably better. It's probably <laughs> better than what you see. Uh, that's also probably true. Uh, the the people who would try and make this would never fix it in post. But for me, <laughs> I believe that that story was was worth a good 600 points, putting Shane Roberts in the lead. However, how long will he be in the lead? Because we now turn to the man in position to t- Take the win. I'm talking about the one and only Michael Serpent. This is a thousand point story full of seven dollar words. He's calling it. All right. I've only got five characters in this movie Bill Harding, Bill Harding, played by Keanu Reeves, Dr. Joe Harding, played by Sandra Bullock, Dusty, played by Seth Rogen. Rabbit, who is good and wise, is played by Matthew Broderick. And Marshall Pentecost, played by Brian Tyree Henry from Bullet Train. My movie is called A Specific Storm. Black screen to open. A low hum of music building to just within reach of your ears, but never fully, almost like you may be hearing things, but never fully in your ear. Green words like that of an old, older 90s model computer typeface effect appear. Twister, a mobile destructive vortex of violently rotating winds having the appearance of a funnel-shaped cloud and advancing beneath a large storm system. An aggravated grunt is the sound of someone furiously hitting the backspace key. The words are deleted and it starts again. Twister, a tropical fruit punch beverage bottled by PepsiCo. Again, a growl and backspace. Capital letters hammered hard into the background as the letters type slowly. Twister. A floor-based game requiring limber-based closeness to your opponent. Like, real close. I mean, too close for actual comfort. Literally. No comfort in this one. The words fade out. More appear. Kaiju. Japanese. Giant beast. Jaeger. German. Hunter, fade into a California farmstead close to San Francisco. Storm clouds illuminating with lightning strikes that blaze the night sky to brilliant shades white and blue. Little Joe, played by a young Lindsay Lohan, and her mother, played by Sally Field, are playing Twister in the living room. Her father, played by Pierce Brosnan, asleep with the news on her on, and her brother, the guy who played Peta, that's what I'm calling him, the guy who played Peta. <laughs> nice, all right. 20 years old, spins the spinner. He calls Red. 
and Joe and her mother fight for position. Her mother wins the battle because she never lets her daughter win. She has to earn it. Blue, mother gets another and almost knocks Joe over for the win. Green, blue, green, red. Joe has had enough. She throws a bow, clocks her mother in the face, and pushes her out, of, out for a foothold on red. Her mother falls. But before Joe can claim victory, the roof of the house is ripped from the walls with a loud rush of wind. Pressure from the house suddenly opening, opening sucks Peter guy brother man from the house. <laughs> I forgot Peter that guy I called him Peter Guy Brother Man. <laughs> okay, let me try. <laughs> Peter Peter Guy Brother Man gets sucked from the house and he is never seen again. Over time it is learned that a kaiju had attacked off the coast of California with a powerful attack that decimated the local coastline and ripped off Joe's roof for fun. Just because he's a jerk. Character from Dragon Ball Z. No. Uh, or one specific storm. Not, not, not to be confused with Atlantic Rim. That's right. It's not the Atlantic. That's right. The Atlantic Rim is significantly crappier. This is the Pacific. It rim. is. It's a specific yeah. rim that is in the Pacific Ocean. In the Pacific Ocean. That's right. In a specific ocean called the Pacific Ocean. So Joe's roof. He rips off Joe's roof just for fun because he's a jerk. His nickname was Jerkface. He was a crab-like monster with a hint of shark and a Nicholas Sparks-esque face. Very punchable. That's a callback. I don't know if y'all remember. I like that. <laughs> Chris I said remember. he wanted to punch Nicholas Sparks. It's true. I still stand by that. What was his name again? The kaiju's name? Jerkface. Jerkface. <laughs> Fast forward, and Joe is a Jaeger pilot. Her ex-husband, Bill, was her co-pilot until their divorce. Now he pilots with a therapist. He hates it. But he's still the best there is. At a time when kaijus are coming out every two days, it's time to figure a new strategy. Through many scenes of fighting and screaming, Joe finally convinces Marshall Pentecost that the only way to beat them is to beat them at Twister. All efforts to build a wall that has been in progress for the better part of a decade are moved to this project, building a gigantic Twister mat for Jaeger and Kaiju. In a practice facility, Bill and his co-pilot go against Dusty and Rabbit in their Jaeger. Bill pilots the long-armed, stretch-armstrong Jaeger with telescopic appendages. Rabbit and Dusty pilot Twister Hipster. It looks like it's wearing a flannel shirt with a beanie and a long beard not tailored for winter's warmth, so what's the point? Also black-rimmed glasses and holy jeans. Every match, Bill wins, but Joe gives him a look. He hops out a stretch arm and says, What? Every move I make, you make this little gesture and she's like i didn't say anything and they fight and she goes i didn't say anything well let's see how you do okay so she hops in dusty's twister hipster with rabbit and shows him up and he says you're my new co-pilot joe fiance get out and they break up joe says no you're my co-pilot now is the <laughs> all right <laughs> this is so stupid now is the big match there is absolutely no explanation on why the giant monster kaiju agreed to this, but they did. And now this is officially a Sci-Fi Channel original movie. The mat is laid out, a 4x6 grid of yellow, orange, red, and blue buttons. When one is pushed, something when one of those button, buttons is pushed, something happens on the mat. Bill and Joe are waiting to see who will come out of the water to face them. Joe freezes in her stance as the kaiju stalks slowly out of the water. <laughs> 
Flashes of the PETA guy's character, her brother, streak across her memory, clouding her mind. Bill forces her focus back on the task at hand and encourages her not to chase the rabbit. Red, the announcer calls out over the loudspeakers, and Bill and Joe and Stretch Armstrong shoot a telescopic fist to the nearest red button. They strike first. Jerkface hits one too, but he was too slow, and the button explodes, blowing off one end of his pinching claw. Announcers in every language call the matchup over the airwaves worldwide. The U.S. broadcast features Tony Romo and a kaiju named Mike. Just Mike. Blue, the announcer calls. Jerkface hits his button first and tangles up Stretch. The button Bill and Joe pushed opens up a sinkhole, and Bill says, I think we're going in! The hole swallows the left hand, and it cannot be moved now. It is now stuck. More moves, more buttons. Kaiju gets smashed by a falling building. Stretch gets overrun by a herd of cows. I gotta go, we got cows! And finally, all tied up together and losing fast, Joe has one last move. Green! Bill shoots a leg to the only green left. Jerkface is getting there first, but before it can, Joe spins on an elbow, launching a telescoping uppercut to the kaiju. It falls, and they win. Jerkface and the other kaiju start walking back into the water. Rematch next year, one says in angry English. Bill sends a telescoping hand into the back of Jerkface, patting him on the back. Good game. Everyone hugs. Hercules Hansen, played by Sean Bean, was also in this movie. Fade to black. But there's a post credit scene. In the kaiju world, Jerkface keeps getting kicked and he doesn't know why. As he turns around, cameras zoom to a kick-me sign Bill patted on his back. That was a nice circle. I like it. I like it. So first of all, there is a lot to unpack here as well. A specific storm. I wasn't entirely <laughs> sure where you, that you were going the way I thought you were going, but you did, and I enjoyed it. Um, fine casting. I mean, you, you got Keanu and, and Sandra back together. Of course. That alone. That's where they belong. It's worth I I do love that you have Peter Guy in there. But I love even more that Peter Guy brother man is <laughs> in the house by a kaiju. I love the kaiju's name is Jerkface. Not not just because he's a jerk, but because he has a Nicholas Sparks-like face. <laughs> it's extra Very punchable. Nice. The, the fact that, that it's... The only way to beat them is is through a massive game of of Twister. That is, of course, not explained because this is like a sci-fi channel movie, which makes perfect sense. That's how those work. Yes, exactly. It's like the, a formula the, that there is no formula. The fact that one of your diggers is Twister hipster, <laughs> stretch versus jerk face. I, I can I could see that playing it out as you were describing it, and I particularly like the fact that the U.S. broadcast features uh, Tony Romo. And a kaiju named Mike. That was it. I started yeah. laughing and it kind of ruined that. But yeah, it's just a kaiju, kaiju named Mike. Dick. So now I'm picturing you in kaiju form. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good looking kaiju. The fact the fact you threw Sean Bean in there one more time. I remember the first time I saw Pacific Rim with you. I thought yes. that Hercules Hansen was played by Sean Bean. Yeah. Well, yeah. It would make sense. Uh, but the fact that the, the post credit is they put a kick me sign on jerk faces back very nice very nice all the way around um i gotta tell you this is uh it's gonna be tough this is gonna be a tough a tough one between uh between you and jane so what are we going to do here the art house picture what's that in that art house picture don't forget it (laughs) he doesn't even claim it as his movie it's just that art no no 
At Art House. At Art House. I, I, don't, remember, I don't remember the title of it. Do you? I don't. At Art House. That movie, that movie is, too, is, is too cool to be claimed by any one person. Hipster, Twister Watch Hipster loved it. it. Okay. Oh, Twister go. Hipster was all about it. All right. In, in the end, and so we had Shane had 600 points. I'm going to give Mike Circle 599 plus two for the kitchen sign at the end, giving him 601 points and the victory. Woohoo! <laughs> Make sure and add a drum roll in there, Mike. I will. That's a good idea. Pick, please fix that in post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, Michael Circle, you you have won. Do you have any any words of, of wisdom to pass on to all our fabulous recasters out there? Listen, when you got a story idea, it doesn't matter if it makes sense. There's always the Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> There's always the sci-fi channel. You don't need to make sense in the sci-fi channel. Isn't it the Skiffy channel? Skiffy. I've I heard mean, it both yeah. ways. I mean, no, it, it used to be the Skiffy. Shane and I no. watched... The Skiffy. Shane and I watched... In 2000, 2007, the movie Transformers came out. 2008, sci-fi did that thing they do where they kind of remake that movie in Transmorphers. And Shane oh, and I yeah. watched that movie. To this day, it's one of the worst movies of all time. It is... Transforming alien sentient robots with the storyline of Terminator Genesis or Salvation Genesis Salvation. What's your yeah, What's your name, Michael? What's What's your name, boys? Shaley, Shaley Scott, is that right? No, I believe it was Shane Woodson. Dino Croc is still Woodson. a personal favorite Shane. of mine. Shane still Shane still remembers. Dino Croc is still bad. personal personal favorite of mine, right there. Dino Croc. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm gonna. Have, I don't want to, you know, insult the wrong actress here. So let's just—he's looking it up. <laughs> it's a film oh, series. The There's two. I'm pretty sure she wasn't in anything else. Ah, Michael Circle with Shaley Scott. Shaley Scott. Shaley Scott. Shaley Scott. My Michael just, Scott's little-known sister. Doctor Scott. Worst. Are you on it? You don't Brad, even, so bad. You don't even get Scott. it. This movie, she was a cat woman, but it didn't make any sense because it was a movie about alien sentient robots, except all of them were Decepticons, and there was a cat woman. Like she had cat eyes, right, Shane? But was it a musical? What I remember is she sucked. She did <laughs> suck. Shane's tried to put this movie out of his mind, and he just can't. <laughs> and you know what? I have successfully boycotted her. Yes, you have. She, <laughs> she's like, been in nothing else. Them. She didn't get another job. No, <laughs> thanks to you. You, you, you really spread the word on how bad she was. She is a painfully she bad may, actress. She may be one of our listeners, and if I was so, just thinking, you know what? She. Might we want you listening. to know you were not very good, but I'm sure you have other skills. I I actually liked her. I think she was perfect for my art house film. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the hey, doctor, Shane, do you remember the doctor in that just, movie? Everyone yeah, just, oh, hey, hey, everyone just calm down him. for a moment. We're Listen, he's gone. What, what, was, what was her name again? What Bailey was her name? Scott. Was Shaley that it? Scott. Bailey. Yeah. All right, listen. Bailey Scott, if you are listening to this right now, contact me, Jeremy Young. I have an idea for an art house picture. We can make it happen. By the end of that, you'll be known as Great Scott. <laughs> That's right. But in this movie, oh. there was this German scientist and they they captured 
one of the Transformers. Hey, spoilers, spoilers, I haven't seen it yet. Don't worry about it. They captured one of these Transformers, which earlier in the same movie, they said was impossible. Don't worry about it. And then they crack open his chest, and his heart is literally a lava lamp. Like, they didn't change it. It was a lava lamp. Literally? Literally. Like, literally. Literally. I think he's using using that word correctly in this sense. Well, the the German scientist says, we're going to take the heart out, but if the light starts to die, he's going to die. Right? So they start pulling this lava lamp out of this robot's chest. And I kid you not, as the light starts to die, with this exact inflection, this German scientist goes, we're losing him, we're losing him, he's dead. Wow, that's an interesting ending, but you just spoiled it for him. But let me just say. That's not the ending. Oh, no. We're doing like a. Right? You did. did, It's not really. Sounded like it to me because I'm not, you know, into the whole. I don't even know what a kaiju is, but, but then you go into German, and I feel like there is this. And we need to let people know that we are not. <laughs> you know what? That's on me, and I apologize. But I've already been named winner, so, you know, I don't have to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> then there's going to be a news article where Michael Circle had to rescind his uh, win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've, been canceled. You know You've been canceled. Well, folks, let's, let's, let's put everyone out of their misery with this one. <laughs> um, no. Michael Circle will be picking our movie for the next time we record, whenever that might be. So we'll look forward to that. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. I hope that you have been entertained. I want to remind you, as I always do, that if you're picking up what we're putting down, just put it back already. It doesn't belong to you. And we here at Once Upon a Recast abhor stealing. So on behalf of Jeremy Young, Michael Circle, and Shane Roberts, We thank you for listening and remind you to subscribe to our podcast. If today's entertainment leaves you aghast, join us here for Once Upon a Recast. See you next time.